Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Fitzpatrick, and joining me is my fellow co-host, Alistair Kirschpool, AKP. What's going on, man? How was your weekend? My weekend was strangely disappointing for Old Glory winning. Got 40 minutes less rugby than I was expecting. Exactly, right? The weekend was too short. The Old Glory DC Dallas game was too short. Short changed. Yeah. This weekend. But AKP, you're right. I mean, it was short and DC, I mean, fortunate that the outcome went in Old Glory's favor. It was good thing William Talatana scored in the final 30 seconds of the first half. Or can you imagine if Old Glory got pegged with a 3-0 loss on this? Yeah, that would have been heartbreaking, especially after Old Glory really threatened to score several times in that that opening half and um just dropped the literally dropped the ball several times to to be held out so yeah i would i would have been pretty mad if if we had come into today and we're talking about a 3-0 loss because of a cancellation at halftime let's so let's talk about that mlr cancellation policy and of course i mean we saw the all the photos we, we saw the broadcast we saw the lightning you definitely want to make sure safety of the players and everyone at the stadium and the fans and people working they're safe right that's paramount importance but there's been a couple games now um this season where where games were were called at halftime that chicago what seattle game earlier in the season i believe and and now dallas and old glory where you know i think both teams have a, a legitimate gripe here dallas can say hey look we were at home we're only down four points here you know we were we were we had an opportunity here to try and get our second win of the season. DC can say, hey, look, hey, we're in a tight Eastern Conference playoff race here. We've been scoring a lot of points. This is very important for us. Table points are valuable. Yes, we got the win, but we're very capable of scoring four tries. That is a bonus point we would have loved to have or a table point. So I, I don't know. AKP, did you feel like did you feel like DC got cheated out of an extra bonus point or was it fair? Yeah. Does the policy need to be amended? I mean, it's one of those things. At the end of the day, it is fair because no one has control over it. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but bounce of the ball. You know, sometimes there's a gust of wind when you're kicking a potentially game-winning penalty and you, you miss because the weather intervenes. I mean, sometimes you're, the conditions are slippery and don't favor your style of play and your team loses where they could have won. I mean, there's, a, there's inherent randomness in all sports there's inherent chance you, you can be a good team or a bad team but at the end of the day you are still you can't control everything things are going to happen and you just got to roll with it so from that sense it you know even if we'd lost three and oh it would have been it wouldn't have been unfair per se because it, it would have felt like we'd gotten cheated a little bit it does feel like we got cheated a bit but it, you know that's the way it goes and there's nothing you can do about it, really, so. Yeah. I mean, all the teams, they know the weather policy, right? And, and I've heard other arguments about how in Major League Baseball, where rain delays go on seemingly for hours, the game starts at 7.05, there's a rain delay that starts at 8.05, and they don't come back out till 1 in the morning. The key difference there is the simple fact that Major League Baseball teams and Major League Baseball have, um, they operate on different budget than uh, Major League Rugby right now, uh, a startup 
professional rugby league here in the U.S. And there's probably a lot of costs associated with keeping the lights on and, and workers there and all those things. And you can't keep players overnight. They probably have to fly back. So there's, there's probably so many costs associated with the fact that the, the game probably has to be called after a certain amount of time. So we get it, and, and the players know it, and the teams know it. Um, it's unfortunate that the game had to end after 40 minutes because it was starting to get pretty testy and could have been a really fun second half. And yeah. certainly you know, missed out on, on, on 40 minutes of, of rugby. But, uh, yeah, I guess maybe we're just griping about um, nothing because, yeah, we could have been on the short end of that, unfortunately. Yeah, and, yeah, it definitely sucks. It's not the way I wanted things to go. And, um, you know, Dallas fans have a real reason to complain. And you just want to see the end result. Like, these are these players have come here to play, and they've come here to to figure out who's the better team on the day. And, that, and neither one got a chance to really prove that. They both had that opportunity cut short and so you, you feel bad for them and there's a reason yeah. i think Olgori was going to win anyway but there's a reason that you play the games you know it's not just it, old glory may be the better team but that doesn't mean dallas couldn't have won so y- you hate to see these things get t- cut short but you know what can you do against lightning yeah, yeah mother nature is always going to win yeah. But hey, let's let's get a snapshot through 12 rounds so far. Old Glory DC, five wins, five losses, getting back, getting our head back above water, so to speak. Second in the Eastern Conference right now, which is kind of crazy considering everything that happened uh, in round 11 for Old Glory. After all of that, to, to, to go from third to second, they've got 29 points. Um, really probably... Did we did did as an old glory fan, did we need New York to lose against Nola Gold? And or did it change things in our favor for Nola Gold to beat New York there? So it it's had an interesting effect. In in terms of our actual playoff odds, it's interestingly had almost no effect. Um, everything that happened, crazy weekend, yet everything is just balanced out perfectly. So the difference right now is that we have we're sort of in a clear second place where we um, we're ahead of New York by one point. We're ahead of NOLA by three points, I think, mm-hmm. and Atlanta by five points. But New York and NOLA have played one extra game than us. So we have a game in hand and we're in second place, you know, uncontested in second place right now. So we actually have a huge advantage and are the clear second place team. Um, if New York had lost to NOLA, then we would be in a race with NOLA for second place. We would be the clear two and three teams, and it would be really up in the air which one of us was going to end two and which one was going to end three. And that, that matchup we've got against NOLA coming up would have been a really key matchup. But what it's done, what's happened now is that you have a sort of New England at the top, us at, in second place, and then you have this whole collection of three teams who are are all vying for that third spot, New York, NOLA, and Atlanta. And it's it's made it much more likely that New York's going to make it, but it's also decreased the chance that NOLA's going to make it, and it hasn't actually affected us that much. So. So, so according to your model then, what are the playoff odds looking like 
for those four teams chasing those two playoff spots in the Eastern. The, the, the second and third, assuming New England's going to get the first, they're, they're well out in front. Yeah. So D.C. is at 80% chance of making it in. New York has a 58% chance, um, which is way up from the, I think they were like 17% chance last week. So huge improvement for them. NOLA has dropped from an 85% chance last week to now they're at just a 33% chance. And then Atlanta's, their odds have actually improved as well. Um, They've gone up to a 29% chance. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, D.C. and New York right now have the best odds of, of making the playoffs. But again, as you talked about, we've got a game up, game in hand against New York and NOLA, and we get to meet NOLA again later in the season. Whew. Uh, it's fascinating how all this is, is going to shake out. Um, and, and again, it's we only got to watch 40 minutes of rugby on, on Saturday. Oh, Glory could have an extra bonus point here. Yeah, I gotta imagine that would have improved the playoff odds even more. Yeah, that would have made a a pretty big difference. Um, we were helped by the fact that Nola and Atlanta both failed to get bonus points, um, yeah. so Atlanta's still five points behind us, um, and Nola didn't manage to get anything out of their loss to New York. Mm. Wow. Well, hey, let's let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about the. Uh, the first half, the only half of the Dallas Old Glory game, before the game even kicked off, um, when I saw the match day 23, and I credit to you because you were talking about this for a couple of weeks, and I was like, ah, I don't know. How can you get both guys on there on the field? And the both guys we're talking about are, are Graydon Boyd and um, Tito Diaz Bonilla. And sure enough, without fail, Old Glory, coaches, if you're listening, credit goes to AKP for this, but he called it. He said, we got to find a way to get both the guys on the field at the same time. And sure enough, it happened. What were, when you saw that, were you just like, yes? Yes. Yeah. I'm always, I, you know, I always have that little bit of imposter syndrome in my brain, that, that thing that's like, do I actually know what I'm talking about? And then <laughs> it's nice to have some confirmation that I'm not crazy every now and then. <laughs> um, or maybe I am crazy, but I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it was right. good to see yeah. them both on the field. Um, obviously, Graydon at 10, and then Tito stepping in for Kurt Baker at, at um, fullback at 15. Um, I w- do sort of wonder if we're just giving Baker an extended break. I mean, he's not a young guy anymore, and he's been playing a lot of minutes for us. Yeah. Um, in part because Taboulis going out for the season he was probably who you'd expect to take on that that 15 jersey Mm -hmm. otherwise but i don't i feel like it we'll we'll get into how the 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 game actually went um i feel like it's hard to tell whether the the great and tito combo really worked this time but i think we'll that's because everything was going wrong i don't think i think it's too soon to judge whether that went well or not Let's jump into it. Let's let's talk about first half reaction. What stood out to you in the game, <laughs> in the first half? That was it. What, what stood out to you? So what stood out to me is that we were like a complete hot mess. It was a, <laughs> felt like everything was going wrong. I mean, they put up the number of handling errors 
in the we had like four times as many handling errors as Dallas did the field markings on that that field those it's it's even worse than I thought it was going to be because you know teams play with football markings on the field every now and then and it's it hasn't been that big a problem but the reason it's not been a big problem is because the football lines line up with the the field overall um, and the you can usually rely on the the furthest out line being the sideline um, because rugby fields are generally bigger than than every other type of field but that was that's not true in Dallas in Dallas the football field is off center compared to the rugby field or the rugby field is off center compared to the football field so those so like you might have noticed that the 50 yard line was not halfway um, and then also on the the sidelines the furthest out line wasn't always the the sideline and so Tito got caught in that where he mm-hmm. he caught a kick where he could have just left it to go straight out of bounds but instead he caught it because he thought he was five meters or so from the sideline but he wasn't because it was that was a different line and for me that's it's a little crazy the way the lines mm-hmm. are there like that's that's a hell of a home field advantage and uh, feels a little unfair. If it was anyone but Dallas, I would have a bigger problem with it. But Dallas, you know, that give them whatever advantage they can get, I guess. Yeah, Dallas definitely. <clears throat> it's kind of like Major League Baseball where sometimes the, the outfielders seem to know how the ball is going to carry them off the, the, the fence or in the corners and they can dig it out quicker. And that certainly, I think, factors in some home field advantage. But those... Those markings, right? Because those players probably see the field for a little bit before the game. They can do some practice kicks, but they're, it's completely unfamiliar. It, it, it's got to be so difficult in the in the heat of the game to try and know where you are, what line is what, and you know, are they playing shortstop? Are they the safety here? They're playing fullback. I mean, like, there's three different sports being played on that field, and I'm sure there's more. But um, I, I got to say, which was what I thought was really fascinating about the Dallas game is, and of course we know about the Argentine influence on both Dallas and Old Glory DC. That game got a little testy there um, yeah. in the first half, um, and the commentators joking around, you know, made a couple comments about, you know, I wonder what language was being spoken. And it's funny we asked Stan South about this a little bit when we interviewed him last week's episode, but you could tell. I mean, it was a it was getting to be a chippy, intense game. Uh, and certainly, like, the expectation then was like, hey, this second half is going to be fun to watch because Old Glory did not play well. They were starting to try and get things under control a little bit, a little bit more possession. Certainly scoring <laughs> right before the half helped. My goodness, that's got to be, like, the biggest try that was scored so far in the Old Glory season. Because can you imagine, again, if they did not score in that first half and, we again, we lose 3-0? to zero? Yeah, yeah. And especially with that try being called off earlier, um, you know, sort of, we had so many opportunities, and then I'm just glad we finally what was your, what got one. What was your one take in. on that? What was your take on that try? Was that? I felt like it was a bit of a tough call to say um, that it was it was clear obstruction. I it I can see the argument for it being obstruction. At the same time, the defender, like dummy runners, are a thing in rugby. They get used all the time, and like there's. 
if you want to argue that dummy runners are a bad thing but, and they're always obstructing because they frequently do seem to but like that's not something that gets called ever it's just we've decided that that's fine in modern rugby and so it, it feels a a bit tough to to call that one like the reason that it that Longy Longy gets in the way is because the defender commits to tackling him drops his shoulder and goes into him and if he if he hadn't done that then he would have been able to tackle Talatayina no problem well, the, but yeah. I mean the Dallas defender did the right thing there he was like to, to draw yeah, he a sold call it. Like, and like fair yeah, enough yeah um yeah. so I, I bit tough but what can you do eh so Old Glory scores there. They're up seven to three. Old Glory was going to win this game, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And this I, is my am hot I off base here by saying Old Glory was going to win. There's, I feel like there's been some chatter. There's some Jackals fans who who feel like they were they were completely robbed, and there were there's some people who their their complaint about the lightning delay was that Dallas really had us on the ropes, and they they could have won this. Personally, I don't think that's how it was going to play out. Um, I don't think Dallas really had that much of a chance. Old Glory came out in this first half playing absolutely horrific rugby. I mean, this was this was like the sort of rugby we played in the first half against San Diego and led to us getting absolutely buried. This was the sort of rugby we played against New York in, in, in their home stadium and led to us getting absolutely buried. This, is, this was bad Old Glory play. Um, we dropped the ball frequently. Our... Um, our discipline was all over the place and frankly the the whole like the body language and the the feel of the team was just off the whole thing felt felt weird frankly i think it was the bye week i think the bye week threw everyone off um it it made the they didn't feel quite as locked in as they have recently so but we've seen all glory make really good halftime adjustments and the thing was that Dallas was only was barely in it like it was a really close game in that first half but Old Glory had the clear edge I mean we almost scored a couple of times or, or we we almost scored that one time with Talataino we um, got really close to the goal line a couple of other times and um, eventually we made it over but it was only close because Old Glory was playing badly and if Old Glory adjusts at all positively at halftime I think we start to run away with it. I, I I don't think, you know, if the right words get said at halftime, you know, the team pulls themselves together, locks in a bit more. I I think they would have run away with it. Yeah, and let's not let's not let's not forget. Whole Glory was down a man for ten minutes, and and at no point did I feel like Dallas was really truly threatening to score. They had a couple opportunities there, where you know they. They had the line out, but Old Glory did a great job of stealing a couple of line outs in that Dallas game yeah. and really neutralizing that threat. And the, our line out was improved. The driving malls, that one that went for about like 25, 30 meters, yeah. like that was amazing. What a difference you know? having a real lock makes. Kyle Bailey <laughs> coming know. in as a genuine bona fide lock with, with a bit of height, and it and suddenly, yeah, we've been very disruptive in opponent lineouts, and and we've been able to secure our own. So yeah, I can't, can't complain about that. I want to talk about the the scrums too. Um, Go on. Super shaky to at the start of the match, and both teams really making the ref work hard. Because like you can, you know, thinking back to last weekend, Stan South and yeah. and what he was saying about the the games that 
that players play on that in the front row and you can you could see it both teams were were trying to convince the ref that the other team was pushing early they were both pushing early themselves at the same time and so uh, the referee handled it pretty well I mean he you know free kick yeah. one way free kick the other way the next time just to show that he's going to call it both ways and that he's not going to put up with this and and after that old glory had the clear advantage I mean Jack Iscaro really worked over his up opposite number and and had the advantage there not enough to steal a lot of their scrums but on our own scrums we started getting penalties and it was good to see the the scrum working working that well again yeah absolutely and i think uh you know it's funny uh, you mentioned the stand south interview so it's definitely stuff i've been trying to look out for a little bit more and i and certainly helped uh, you know stan was talking about illuminated kind of what goes on in the scrum a lot of which is completely over my head yeah uh, and there was that well there was that one scrum where um, it looked like it was. It started to go sideways a bit. It looked like it was just going to go down. I could see the um, the referee start to make the motion for like he looked like he was just going to call it, you know, that it collapsed or that it went sideways and that it would reset. And then we just kept pushing a bit. We pushed them back a bit. We got on the front foot, like Sam was saying, where you just keep even when it's going down, you just keep pushing to to make it look like you're yeah. going forward. We looked like we were going forward and called it penalty to us, and it was. <laughs> I was like, ah, thank you, Stan. Stan, I'd be pleased about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. So so that was the game against Dallas. I mean, again, I feel like we got shortchanged there. We only got 40 minutes of action. We only got to see Grady and Tito on the field for 40 minutes. We didn't, we didn't even get see to Nico see... Jones. Yeah, exactly. You know, star signing, and then he, he doesn't even get on the field because he was on the bench, and, and we didn't really have to use much of the bench. Now, AKP, do you have some news to share about Nico that helps Oak Glory's um, foreign player slot? And also, yeah, sh- yeah, you want to share a little bit? Yeah, yeah, he's a domestic player through his his grandfather, um, who's who's an American. So that. he has an American passport, which is why he didn't have to faff around with visa stuff. And then he also counts as a domestic player for us, which is excellent. Oh, yes, that is. Uh... That's amazing, because I don't think that was necessarily widely shared when the news was announced that Nico was now on Old Glory. Because yeah. everyone assumed, because of his dad, I shouldn't say everyone assumed, I think I initially assumed that, okay, here's a foreign player slot being taken. But Yeah, you know, and I don't know where his grandfather was born, so you're sort of relying on the team for that, and they, they didn't really publicize that at all. I don't think it was in their announcement at all, or... Um, but it, it sort of came out afterwards um, that that he is actually a domestic player. I wonder if that was a competitive thing, if they just didn't want to put it out there, leave teams guessing a little bit whether he was going to be able to be on the roster. Um, I really hope that, that we can get rid of that sort of that sort of trying to get advantage by withholding information from the public, like with the injury <laughs> reports. But... Um, We'll get there. We'll At get least there. he's domestic. We'll I'll take that. I, you yes. know, one hundred percent. He's domestic. We should see him in round thirteen. Let's move to round thirteen. Let's talk about the round thing. Round thirteen buildup. We won't cover too much on this because we talked a little bit about it already. But the, the current look at the stands in Eastern Conference: New England, thirty-eight points. They played ten games. DC, second place, twenty-nine points. They played ten games. New York. 
their big win. They've got 28 points. They've played 11 games. New Orleans, 26 points. They've played 11 games. And Rugby ATL in fifth place with 24 points. They've got 10. And then Toronto with 8 points. They have played 10 games. So last episode, we talked a little bit about what that final stretch was going to look like, how important the next seven games were. And we said that beating Dallas was one of probably the four games they needed to win in terms of just ensuring that those playoff odds really go up. So they did that. They beat Dallas. This next one here is home against New England. AKP, run us through the what the model says, our odds, based on our record, and then what needs to happen over these next six games to get Old Glory DC qualified for the playoffs. Yeah, so if we lose every game from here on out, we've only got a 1% chance of making it in. Unsurprisingly, winning games <laughs> will secure our chances here. Um, if we win just one game, we've got a 17% chance of making it in. If we can win at least two per, two games, go two and four, we've got a 64% chance of making it. So that's sort of the cutoff where it, it things yeah. tip in our favor. That- that's a big jump, though, from 17 to 64. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not that many games left, so so each yeah. one matters. One one win could be the the difference. Um, and then if we can go 3-3, three and three, that's a nine, 95% chance uh, of, of getting in. And 4-2 and two and above is just 100% chance. If we can, can win that many, we're pretty much guaranteed. Um, and the reason... It may be a little surprising that Old Glory is going to be able to get in even just going 3-3. Three and three, That seems a little low, and that 64% chance of getting in, even if we lose most of our games here, here on out. The thing to keep in mind is that because we are already in... We already are ahead of New York and NOLA, um, bonus points aside, if we assume all, all else equal... Um, they need to win one more game than we do in order to catch us up because we're already ahead because we have that game in hand. And so it's not good enough for, say, New York. If we go two and four, New York is going to have to go at least three and three. No, three and two to beat us if we go two and four. And so they'd have to win most of their remaining games. If we go three and three, then they're going to have to go four and one to, to beat us. Mm. And so... And the same is true for NOLA. And because there are three playoff spots, we just need one of those. So even if New York goes 4-1, and one, you know, absolute tear, and takes one of those playoff spots, what are the odds that NOLA is going to also do that? They would both need to do that. Um, Atlanta also has a chance, but again, they would need to do the same sort of thing, and even a bit more because they're a full game behind us in the standings. So it's... We have such a clear edge on everyone that really we can afford not to win that many games in the remaining stretch and and still make it into the playoffs. Wild. Because last episode, we talked about the four games that they need to win, right? We we identified Dallas, Toronto Arrows, Nola Gold, and Rugby ATL. They got the first one down, right, by beating um, Dallas. This, This conversation goes well right into this who we're facing next and the New England Free Jacks a game at home where we talked about you know there might be a couple of games these next six or seven where 
they need to kind of prioritize what games are more important to win. So those Eastern Conference opponent getting wins over those probably more important than, say, trying to beat Seattle or Houston. But at the same time, we talked about, hey, you know, they've got New England here. They're, they're, they're number one in the Eastern Conference out in front, right? We don't want the Eastern Conference to be just kind of a, a one-horse race where everyone just assumes it's New England and then whoever the second and third seeds are are going to be in the Eastern Conference. And I don't think that's fair to the teams that are going to finish second and three. So then the question then becomes, we know New England's good, right? We, we know that they are eight wins, two losses. they got 38 table points. They've dropped an 80-burger on a, on a Toronto team. Though this is also a team that almost lost at home against the Dallas Jackals. They escaped with a win there. They've got the, you know, last year's player of the year, fly half Bodine Waka, who's coming back onto the field. I guess in your mind right now, should Old Glory prioritize trying to get a win over New England? Or is there some game theory in here where they may be... Not that they don't try and win this game, but they, 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 they're looking at the schedule, trying to get into the playoffs and say, hey, you know what, we need resources for, for Toronto and, and Nola Gold in Atlanta. And this New England game, maybe we figure stuff out. Or is that, or, or, or do you try and win every single game <laughs> here on out? It's a really good question because I think the team has reason to think that they can beat New England. We yeah, played sure. them... We only lost by a few points when we were on the road at them. Um, they've New England is. I mean, you say we know New England is good, but I, I, every time I watch them, I can't help but think that they're not that good, and that maybe they've just gotten lucky because they've they've had a lot of really close games, and it's really hard to identify things that they do really really well. They don't do anything particularly badly, and I think that's that's why they've managed to to stay ahead they don't really have an obvious weakness but you know so old glory i mean if old glory beats new england that puts us really really in a good spot for the the playoffs that you know that that doesn't quite secure it officially for us but that puts us in a really good spot but at the same time we've got a quick turnaround um the toronto game is on thursday so you know uh, Sunday Sunday night we're playing New England, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday we're playing Toronto. So, you know, uh, literally a four game, a four day turnaround for that that match. And Toronto's not good, but they probably have it in them to to pull off an upset if we don't come prepared and rested and um, healthy for that. So. It could be that you want to you you play some other other players against New England. You you hold back some of your key players to get them rested for a a match you absolutely absolutely are guaranteed to win in Toronto if you could, can put together the roster for it. So I don't know. I would rather see them just go all out. I I think yeah. you can get two in your own head with all of this gamesmanship stuff. Yeah. I think a few yeah. key players, like maybe that's why they weren't playing Kurt Baker, get him some rest, and then you can switch him back into the lineup. I think we've got the depth to take on Toronto regardless. I mean, you take some of the, you know, maybe you start Lasanga against, um, 
against New England, and then you put him on the bench for Toronto, but you pull Marcos Young in to start. Because Marcos Young, I mean, he's good enough to be Toronto. Um, so maybe you just you do some switching there. You maybe or maybe you you play with the lineup a bit like that. But I I don't want them to get too far into that because you can. I feel like at the end of the day, you just you just got to go and try and win the games. And I love that. And I think I think you're absolutely right. Like let let us you know the fans, yeah. the pundits, let us come up with these crazy ideas and theories, game theory, and let the models run. Oh, glory DC coaches and players, they know this better than us. Like, why make things so complex? Let's just focus. Let's simplify. Let's focus on the next 80 minutes and the team that's right in front of you, and that's New England. And let's go out there and try and and beat them. Let's try and beat them. Let's go out there and try and win this game. Worry about all the other computations and things moving around. If you can't see me, I'm moving my hands around like a crazy man. Like, that just complicates things. That makes things too complex. Rugby, let's go out there and let's play 80 minutes strong and try and knock off New England. I agree with you 100%. So, AKP, on that note, give me, well, let's start with what does the model say is going to happen, and I want your score prediction, and I'll give you mine. So the model has New England by six, and Boo. but there's reasons to think that that is kind of ridiculous the model thinks that new england is really really good right now like stupidly good but that's because they have that that 80 burger over um toronto which i think reflects toronto more than it reflects new england and it has um they had that win over over new york eight to zero which from the model's perspective is amazing the model loves to shut out doesn't matter how you do it. If you can shut out your opponent, the model loves it. But that was a shutout because neither team could score because it was raining. And so if you assume that there's other things that explain that other than New England is really good at rugby, then and you, you, you mess with some of the numbers, then it spits out um, New England by three points. It still thinks they're good, still thinks they're better than us, but it gets more reasonable. So if, you, if, you, if I hear that, when I, that tells me two things. One, that Old Glory has a shot at winning this game, which I think we both agree. Two, even if the score doesn't go Old Glory's way in terms of winning, there's still a real opportunity here to grab valuable table points. Yes, absolutely. I would be shocked if... Old Glory did not come away with a bonus point in this match. At least one. Um, yeah. Ideally, if they're going to lose, they they do it for two bonus points because even that would would be enough to to keep us in the lead in the East, keep us with a a good buffer. So, yeah. Personally, I'm right. um, a. Uh... Yeah, oh, go no. ahead. Give me you, your score you, you go for it. Go for it. No, I was, I'm pulling up the weather here because I just want to see what the weather is going to be. True. Because last saying... time, when we, because when we, <laughs> that Utah game where we both predicted it was going to be an insane score and neither of us checked the weather and realized it was going to be raining. It turned out to be the second lowest scoring game of the round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good, good call. Check the weather. It's, it's crazy because. Wednesday, 73 degrees, Thursday, 80 degrees, Friday, 84, Saturday, 83, but 
increasing cloudy, increasing, increasing clouds with showers Sunday because it's a Sunday afternoon kickoff at 1.30, I believe. Mostly cloudy skies with a few showers later in the day, high of 75. So. Okay, I'm calling it now. We, we get a lightning cancellation at halftime. <laughs> Old Glory wins 3-0. to zero. <laughs> How amazing would that be? <laughs> I want it to happen. I, I root for Old Glory, but when I'm not rooting for Old Glory, I'm rooting for chaos. I love that. I'll, I'll do you one better. Old Glory wins uh, six to five. They get two two penalties. Uh, New England scores an unconverted try, and Old Glory at halftime lightning. They win six to five. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I w- I would be really happy. I mean, it's not the best thing for us from a from a table standings perspective and i would love to watch a full game of old glory rugby that isn't in the rain for once but i would totally take (laughs) us winning another lightning cancellation at halftime we're the team we're the team that's got mother nature on our side yeah Uh, so i'll share i'll share that uh this week's coming out, I was on the Jacks Rangers show to give my preview of the Old Glory DC New England match, and uh, Phil Harris, the host, asked me my score prediction, and I told him that I could see a repeat of week three, but Old Glory winning this one by three, so I could see it being a, you know, a, around that 34-31 type score uh, with Old Glory grabbing this one. But then I said it could be a spectrum, so that's on the one side, and as we talked about, if Old Glory does not win this one, I think it's a game that's going to be they're not going to get I don't think they're going to get it run out of the house and I also think they're going to score four tries so I think they have an opportunity here even if they lose this match to still get two table points scoring four or more tries and being within less than what seven point of a loss if, if it were to happen so yeah but I'm going to glory DC with the win I'm going to do the same and I think one of the the key things that's changing my mind here is um, Old Glory, the team seems to be doing a lot to try and get fans out to the the stadium, like offering offering a bunch of free tickets all over the place. So I I think that stadium's going to be the most packed we've seen it this season, potentially ever, and I think that could make a difference. I think a real, you know, obviously New England won't know the difference, but. Old Glory, I think our players will realize if there if there's an increase in the volume, if it's like whoa that the crowd has really come out, I think that could energize our guys. And I'll say the same. I think Old Glory wins by three. Nice, be a nice Mother's Day gift for all the Old Glory DC players and, and staff members. So let's move on. We'll do our quick fire picks for round thirteen. We're back to a full slate of games. All the teams are in action. We've got six games, and it's spread out a little bit more, which is great. We've got Friday night games. We've got some Saturday night games. And then, of course, we've got some, some Sunday games. So let's start. Uh, round 13 kicks off on Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Toronto versus Atlanta. Give me the model and then your pick. So the model is saying Atlanta by four, and I think that's ridiculous. I think it's going to be Atlanta by ten. Yeah, I'm agree with you. I think I think Atlanta wins this one double digits. I'm going to do you two better and say Atlanta by twelve. Yeah. Next up, New Orleans at home versus the San Diego Legion. That's a Saturday, six p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Give me the model and then your pick. 
San Diego by three is the model's pick, but I really don't know. I know San Diego's going to win for sure. I'm just, it could be by 40 or it could be by <laughs> five. I don't really know. Because, uh, I mean, because <laughs> Nola just completely blew it against New York. Was that a fluke or was their, their great little run there a fluke? It's hard to say. I've got to yeah, pick one though, so I'll say I'll say Nola by, or San Diego by ten. Yeah, it's funny. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. San Diego's riding that eight game win streak. Nola had some injuries in that game against New York. I'm riding there with you. I think San Diego wins this one by double digits. I'm gonna go with ten as well. Saturday night, Houston SaberCats hosting the Seattle SeaWolves. This is a tricky one. What does the model say on this one? The model has Houston by one point. Okay. I'll give you my score prediction on this one. Uh, I think this is a game Houston wins. Um, I think this is going to be a, a, a fun one. I think Houston's got some players coming off of suspension. Their number eight, Gideon, who's been out for three games. I think it got reduced to two if you go to some like coaching intervention, tackling school or whatever. So I think he's going to be back on the field. Uh, I like Houston in this one. I think it'll be close. I like Houston by three. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Seattle's got this. I think, I do think it's going to be a close one, but I think Seattle's going to come out ahead. A Jordan Chait penalty kick puts them ahead. I'll say I'll take Seattle by three. Got it. The next game on Saturday night, 8:05 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. Dallas Jackals hosting. The Utah Warriors, the Utah Warriors, man, they really needed that win against San Diego. They almost did it. They were ahead, I think, you know, after 55, 60 minutes, but San Diego was good. They obviously pulled out the win. What does the model say is going to happen here in this game? So the model has Utah by three, which I think is a bit of an underestimate. Um, I would take Utah by more. I think they're clinging to just the barest chance at a, a playoff spot and I think they'll realize that and really try and put this one away I'll take Utah by 7 Utah by 7 yeah I'm going to agree with you too I think I think Utah that's the number I was identifying to Utah by 7 they're going <clears> to <throat> they're not going to know what's going on the coaches will be kind of aware of it because um uh, Houston's going to be playing Seattle at the same time. So if you're Utah, you've got to play for a big win. You need a five-pointer here to try and hang with uh, Houston that you're trailing by eight table points uh, in in the Western Conference. So Seattle beating Houston certainly helps. But I think Utah is going to try and pile on the points here that I like Utah on this one uh, by seven. It could even be more. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Dallas is going to play him close. Um, because Dallas has played everyone close recently, but then, except Seattle, but then I think Utah is just going to, sometime in the second half, they're going to just, you know, Joe Mano, Mika Cruze, just going to blow up and suddenly it's going to be completely out of reach. Yeah, Makini, I think, got a little banged up in, in the game. I hope he's okay. He's been playing really well at fullback and he's a dynamic player, so it'll be interesting to track that and see what his selection is, but they certainly got some depth that can fill in there. Um, Sunday yeah. afternoon, the first one Sunday afternoon, of course, is D.C. versus New England. We both think D.C. is going to pull this one out by three. Let's go. And then the final round 
Final match for round 13, the Chicago Hounds at home against the now all of a suddenly resurgent New York Iron Workers. What does the model say is going to happen in this game? The model says New York by four. Um, personally, I think Chicago is exactly the sort of team that New York is able to exploit. A team that doesn't quite have itself put together. So I'm going to take New York by 12. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think New York's starting to get some pieces back. Bonasso was back on the field, and for New York, there's you know who knows what's going on with with, with Jack Heighton there. But New York, for them, this is a game they can't afford to lose. Chicago will certainly hang tough. They they've done it. You know they'll hang around 50, 55, 60 minutes. But I think ultimately this is a game that New York pulls out. It might be a little bit closer. I'll give New York winning by eight points. So that's round 13. And again, as we talked about for Old Glory DC, they their playoff chances improve if over the next six games they win, what, two to three games. If they win two games over the next day, they have a 64% chance of qualifying for the playoffs. If they win three games, that means they split. They have a 95% chance of qualifying for the playoffs. AKP. With that thought in your mind, close us out on the final thoughts for the episode. Let's uh, let's beat some free jacks and secure that playoff spot. I love it. Short and sweet, not complex, not the crazy theories we were talking about. Old Glory DC and coaches and players, if you're listening to our podcast right now, just focus on the team in front of you and go out there and play some hard ass rugby for 80 minutes and try and beat the New England Free Jacks. Let us, let me and AKP figure out all the other crazy things that need to happen. Take it from AKP, who said what I said in basically seven words. Go out there and beat the Free Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> For Alistair Kirschpool, I'm John Fitzpatrick. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there listening. If you're an old Glory DC fan, I hope you have a good Mother's Day. And we have a good for you. We'll talk to you next week.